never argue with a woman you are not having sex with. You'll see why I said this in just a moment. The Griff Report starts right now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? The one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. Somebody said... What do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, yeah, that's that was good. Just like, ooh, that's <laughs> sexy. Yes, I do think I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus. Is there ever a time where I stream and I'm not eating? What's up, Hoteps? Welcome to the Griff Report live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. I'm your host, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus? Hotep Jesus? Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus? Hotep, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. Hotep to the chat. Hotep to the Hotep of Stanis. Hotep. What's up, y'all? Don Day, I see you. Hotep Federales. What up, man? He came to HotepCon. Zantoven, what up? Matt Earth Theory, I see you. Um, Retro Neon, what up? Laura Ann, I see you. EMP protocol K, what up? Make sure y'all use K's link to take 30% off your um, purchases from menoforder.com. And also, K, you got to go in and you got to um, create a link. You can make it menoforder.com slash K, and it'll be clickable in the Rumble chat. They have some sort of anti spam filter in there. Um, so go in the back end, uh, or I can do it for you. And uh, change your link. I have a uh, educational big brain content today. I know my big brain people love when I do the big brain content. We got some of that for you today. But first, first, we got to take a look at the world of entertainment, specifically the world of hip hop. We have a new rapper has released a verse today. I have not listened to it yet. As you know, I like to listen to these things along with my audience so you guys get the raw and real reaction. And then we'll get into the big brain content. Uh, Patriot J says, Ben Shapiro is the first rapper to sound like an AI-generated version of his own voice. Now, I personally said that Ben should have waited till Black History Month to release this because I thought it would have been a great troll. Either way, let's listen to the music. Pronouns, I'm the man, I'm the man who don't respect. Let's look at the stats, I've got the facts. My money like Liz, my pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic, don't be a whack. Dog, it's a yarmulke, homie, no cap. Look at the graphs, look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You go into prison, I'm on television. Dog, no one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karen's. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki, take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my Download this, let's get a billboard number one. This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes. We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose. We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles. We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes. I don't care. Alright, alright, I heard enough. I heard enough. Alright, 
So first things first, I'm somewhat of a hip hop purist. Okay. Yes, this is real. I'm somewhat of a hip hop purist, right? Where a rapper doesn't get credit for being a rapper unless he writes his own verse. So in this case, I'm 95.6% sure that Tom McDonald wrote this verse for Ben. Um, uh, what's it called when you, um, oh, it's called a reference. So what happens is when somebody writes your verse for you, what they'll do is I'll create a reference track. So Tom McDonald, somewhere there's a Tom McDonald uh, vocal of him rapping those words. He hands them off to Ben. Ben listens to it. He practices. Then he comes in the studio and he records those lyrics in his own voice. But the importance of the reference track is to know how to deliver the verse. So I, I really can't judge this uh, fairly because I'm a hip hop purist. So he gets zero points for not writing his own verse. Um, Who wrote it for Tom? Nah, Tom's writing. He's writing this stuff. Come on, Goldstein. Tom's writing this stuff. Um, how do how do you guys rate how do you guys rate it overall? Taking away the hip hop purists, um, five thumbs up is absolutely phenomenal and perfect. Uh, or a thumbs down can go the other way. Five thumbs down means just absolutely terrible and horrid. One is just bad. Where do you guys land on all of this? Let's see a little bit of crowd participation. Kitten Kundalini says zero. Laura Ann says uh, Ben Shapiro is conservative. Coninc.com. Cash the Cam said it's not that hard to write. Yeah, that's true. Especially when you're not like creating double entendres and stuff like that. Um. Damn. Diesel says three thumbs down. Justine says a whole big fat zero. Kelson says trash. Put it in the trash. Hotep Federales, four thumbs down. Vince, three thumbs down. Bad knees, thumbs down. Would y'all be mad if I wanted to listen to it again? I want to listen to it again. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm going to put you guys through this one more time. 45 seconds. Let's take a listen. Pronouns, I'm the man. I'm the man who don't respect. Let's look at the stats. I've got the facts. My money like lives my pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic. Don't be a whap. Dog, it's a yarmulke. Homie, no cap. Look at the graphs. Look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers. And Homie, it's a yarmulke. No cap. <laughs> Homie, it's a yarmulke. No cap. Something else I noticed. What's up with the hoodie? <laughs> like, I know he's trying to sell merch and, you know, that's cool. And he probably sell a ton of merch like that. So, you know, good capitalist move there. Um, what's up with the hoodie? 
Is this like his rendition of um, hip hop dress? Ben wants to be black. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. All right, let's get off this shit. Let's get off this shit. Let's go to... I have a long presentation today, mostly because it's big brain. And I have to say, this began not with... You know what happened was, what triggered me this morning was somebody... Um, Actually, I, I think Jabari posted it in the chat. Um, and, 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 and this triggered a series of, of tweets, uh, you know, basically a, a full rant. Maybe it wasn't Jabari. Maybe it was somebody else. Um, oh, wait, why did it give me the, all right, here we go. This is the tweet. So, all right, check this out. So this tweet here, um, the part that triggered me was right here. It says, this at its core is another attack on capitalism. And um, I didn't want to direct this directly at him. You guys ever got my book, Dominate Twitter? You know you know why. Hotepjesus.com. Get my book, Dominate Twitter. Still relevant. Working on an updated version now. Um, but uh, if you got my book, you know why I chose not to um, direct my comments towards him. Anyway. So this triggered a series of tweets, which then triggered a woman. Now, you guys know my rule. No arguing with women. I don't debate women. It's not something I do. You got to you got to send your husband, your boyfriend. I, I can't argue with a woman. I'm going to show you how this theory was proven this morning in this stream. I'm going to show you that. We're going to show you a bunch of videos that this woman posted. We're going to show you why the people are wrong and um, uh, a bunch of other stuff uh, included in this conversation. Now, let me just make sure I open up this entire. Um, hold on. Is she still going? Yeah, she's still going. Oh, my God. All right, so hold on. <laughs> First, we're going to start with the second thing that triggered me, which is another video that I had not watched. Actually, no, I did watch this one. I'm sorry. Take that back. I did watch this one, and this triggered me and, and, and facilitated my rant. So let's go ahead and pull up this video, and um, we'll dive right into it. Big brain conversation. We don't talk about people. We talk about ideas. Let's get into it. If you're going to be paid by an employer $20 an hour, the following statement must be true. During that hour, your labor produces more for the employer that he sells at the end of the day than $20 worth. Fact check true. If you're paid $20 an hour, your labor must produce more than $20 an hour. Fact check true. Because that's why he's in the if paying you 20 you went to work and you did an output that gave another 20 for him to sell then he's got nothing out of this he's made 20 by selling what your labor helped to produce but he's got to give it to you and even though he likes you he's not going to do that there has to be in it here we go something for him you fact check true 
if I hire you and I pay you $20 an hour, there has to be something in it for me. That's why I'm hiring you. So you can make me more money. Fact check true. You have to produce, this is ineluctable. You have to produce more in every hour than you get paid. Otherwise, this system doesn't work. For those of you, and I hate to tell you this because partly you need to hear it and partly I admit I get a kick out of telling you. <laughs> those of you who think that in a capitalist system, you're never going to work for anybody who doesn't pay you what you're worth. You don't understand the system you're in. That is never going to happen because that's how this system works. When you go home at the end of a workday and you feel vaguely ripped off, it's because you are. And the psychologist or others who helps you get over that feeling isn't doing you any favor. So these are the teachers that... Um, we entrust our kids with and i just want to come back to this one part right here hold on that in a capitalist system you're never going to work for anybody who doesn't pay you what you're worth you don't understand so he says pay you what you're worth so basically what he's saying is you create a corporation you pay somebody 20 dollars an hour to work for you what he wants is a break even now, the problem with break even is your boss can't scale up and reinvest money back into the business. And instead of paying you $20 an hour, start paying you $25 an hour, then $30 an hour, and then take you off of hourly and move you to salary. And then now he can give you, you know, insurance benefits, uh, you know, uh, 401k matching, so on and so forth, right? So what he wants is, he wants the business to not make money, so you stay at $20 an hour. If the business even survives from not making any money, okay? This is why he's a teacher and not a business owner. And I always say this, you know, teachers are just failed people. I wish all the black people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all the white people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. I wish all the Hispanics were as smart as the views because that guy, he, he really gets it. He knows how to boil it down. Um, yeah. Now, does that go for all teachers? No, I think some teachers do it because they're actually good at their job and they care about their job. But for the most part, teachers are failed adults. So they have defaulted to taking a job and teaching uh, garbage teaching garbage okay now let's dive deeper into this rabbit hole now that we've um tackled that actually no i, I want to make another point so what do you get when your boss gives you a job it's the one thing that you should care about more than the actual money and uh, really what this is, is um, falls under the umbrella of experience and under the umbrella of experience are skills. You sharpen your skills when you get a job. For example, I could successfully open a restaurant and be really good at retaining customers. Why? 
because I've worked at over a dozen restaurants. And if there's one thing I know is front end service as a server of probably a decade worth of experience, front end customer service. But I had to be a server to get that experience. Another example is, um, I don't know if it's McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts or both, but when you purchase um, a license to franchise uh, under their franchise to open one of those up, I think it's McDonald's. They actually make you work there. You have to work at a McDonald's when you buy one. If I'm not mistaken, uh, at least that's how it used to be. Um, and why? Because you have to know how the business runs day to day. You got to know that so you can teach it to the next person. Anyway, let's go to youth labor. Child labor came across my feed uh, this week. And um, minimum wage comes to mind. So minimum wage, basically what minimum wage did, according to the teachings of uh, Dr. Walter E. Williams, minimum wage and Thomas Sowell, minimum wage stripped the youth of their ability to acquire experience, a.k.a. skills, right? So what do all the college kids complain about? They say, you know, how am I supposed to get experience? When you won't give me a job, you're asking me to you know, apply for a job and you're saying I'm experienced, but I don't have experience. But you'd have experience on your resume if you had some child labor underneath your belt. So what it robs kids of is experience. Now, it used to be um, a paper route. And with the paper route comes experience. You learn about life by being a paper boy. I don't want to dive into the specifics, but one of them could be responsibility and the other one could be how to deal with people because you may deal with people, uh, you know, uh, getting paid. Just a lot of things just come along with get, getting valuable experience. So when you get a job, don't get a job because you want to get paid. Go to that job to learn so you can leave that job, go to a new job with your great experience and get paid more okay so that's that's one of the um, falsities that come out of socialist rhetoric now let's go back let's go back to the bag and begin our walk down dei and capitalism okay now i should probably start with my my note on this premise okay couple of notes here actually all right let's go to this first one so okay hot take the left is not attacking capitalism Capitalism doesn't exist in its purest form in America. This is a quasi-socialist nation. Further, socialism depends on capital and capitalists. Without capital, there is nothing to redistribute. Figure one, Marx's dream, centralization of credit within the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and exclusive monopoly. I've probably given this lecture a hundred times, and here I am giving it once again. Next one, woke. Right. Woke right would say DEI is an attack on capitalism. Now, the thing is about my argument on capitalism is not only does it defeat the woke left, it also defeats the woke right. 
where you're just wholly uneducated on this subject matter. Right. DEI is an attack on masculinity. Now, that's true. This is something I've said before. Elite right. Basically getting more specific. DEI is a cultural Marxist tactic to move industry from the private to the public sector to centralize power in the hands of the state. And many people argue and say, well, that's the definition of communism to destroy capitalism because capitalism is all about uh, the elimination of private property. And I wouldn't argue that. I wouldn't argue that. Now, somebody um, responds and they say, logical middle, DEI makes for an uneven playing field and disadvantages people based on physical traits. And he's wrong. DEI has zero to do with physical traits. That notion is the genius part of the diab diabolical design of the agenda. This is what I call the control design, where they control your thinking, they control your, your language, and they control your money. While you play the physical game, they play the psychological game. DEI is a religion rooted in feminist ideology, which is under the umbrella of cultural Marxism. I go on to say capitalism has long since been destroyed. We are in the communist consolidation phase of the agenda. OK, now you're not going to find these terms anywhere else because me being the greatest philosopher of our time, I've created these terms myself. Why? Because I read and I come to my own conclusions. I don't just spit out what somebody else has said. That would be unintellectual. You have to read the materials. You have to read the right, left, middle, up, down, then draw your own conclusions. OK, now. Now we get to the argument and the woman. OK, so let's show you what this woman says. Put this on the screen. And we are going to begin going down this rabbit hole of this woman. Okay, let's go right here. Let me check on the chat. Everybody good? Good. Excellent. Thank you, Kay. Um, here we go. So, in response to um, my post that said uh, the left is not attacking capitalism, she responds with, dude doesn't know what he's talking about. The left defines capitalism explicitly as private property ownership. They do seek to abolish it. Let's play the video. It's no secret, right, that many of our communities are in crisis. And in fact, it's the current capitalist system Boom. that confronts the world with these crises of mass inequality, climate change, war, and the list really goes on and on, right? All inequality is created because of capitalism. While millions of people recognize that capitalism is at the root of the issues that we face oh. and simply could not be what solves these crises, if and we can't solve equality or climate change or any other crisis in our society under capitalism because capitalism created the problems in the first place. How capitalism can be replaced seems a little bit less clear to some people. Many of us here might identify as socialists, hopefully, and see that, yes, 
socialism is the answer to these issues of capitalism. Ah! Before said capitalism is the disease. Yes. We can't solve this under capitalism. Socialism is our answer. Socialists define capitalism is private property. That is the definition. It's not about crony capitalism or corruption or any of that. That's not why they want to get rid of capitalism. They define capitalism as private property. Private property is what they want to abolish. She just said, once private property is removed as the engine of society. Let's, let's, let's experience that magic again. Uh, question for the chat, yes or no? Does ownership of private property, and I'm talking about real estate, land here, in America exist in its purest form? When you purchase a piece of property, do you own it, yes or no? Let's see how smart you guys are. When you purchase a piece of property, do you own it, yes or no? Even if you pay, let's say you pay for it cash, no financing. Do you own it? In America, do you own it? Let's see how smart you guys are. Justine says no. Laura Ann says no. EMP says no. Jay Wink says you are renting at best. 40 ounce guzzler says no. Tari says no. EMP says you're leasing it from America. 40 ounce guzzler says your ass owes taxes until your grandkids die. Interstellar says you miss paying property tax and you are screwed. EMP says taxes mean we own nothing. Okay. So she says that capitalism is private property. So I got to ask you, somebody says you just hold the title correct. Okay. So I'm asking you now, does capitalism exist in the form of private property in America? The answer is unequivocally no. I wish all the black people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all this the shit is too easy. It's like not even fair. Jesus. And I wish all the Hispanics were as smart as Hotep Jesus. Because that guy... He really gets it. He knows how to boil it down. So how can you destroy something that's already been destroyed? You can't. You can't. You can't. It's not possible. It's been destroyed. Steph says she got to come on the Griff Report now. I was going to invite her, but my rule is never argue with women. Never, ever argue with women. Okay? So... With that being said, when when socialists say they want to destroy private property, my argument is, well, job well done. You already did that. <laughs> Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Okay. It's going to get deeper here. It's going to get deeper. Don't worry. We got a lot of things to pull up. We got a lot more videos. So this woman, uh, Carlin Borisenko who I'm not familiar with, uh, calls herself the modern-day Yuri Bezmenov. And kudos to her, you know. Um, she's a psychologist. Uh, she's a doctor. So, you know, people go to school, they automatically think um, 
they're smarter than everybody, right? Uh, Heidi says, I mean, duh, he doesn't make a counter argument even, right? So I guess Heidi is siding with the woman. Now let's go down said rabbit hole. So, um, it, it, the 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 conversation goes like so. It says, how do you define capitalism? Because I know the far, I think it means far left, has a definition for capitalism. They specifically say they are fighting against capitalism, um, in America. But I'll wait and see what your definition is. Now, before we get to that, we have to pull back up. Oh, where is it? No, wait, where? That's not it. Oh, crud. Hold on. It's in one of these accounts. I have too many Gmail accounts. Here we go. All right. Let's put this up on the screen. Showed this to you the other day. And in order to understand the left, you must understand the hierarchy of power in many nations. Okay. So let's pull out my trusty pyramid scheme here. Right. My beautiful slides. So how does this go? We begin with the oligarchs, the media, donors, politicians, and then the grifter. So when she played this clip, when she played this clip, she's talking about the grifter class. Never, ever listen to the grifter class. They're taking orders from politicians, donors, media, or oligarchs, either paid or unpaid, brainwashed, or some way, somehow, some form, is how the Martian orders make its way down to the grifter. So... The grifter goes into their little think tank meeting where they're brainwashed and they tell them we have to defeat capitalism. So what they do is they run around and they just basically parrot the same talking point. Defeat capitalism. They have no concept of economics. All they know is defeat capitalism, abolition of private property, abolition of private property, private property has been our problem. Now, there's a... There's a I want to see if I could do like a timeline diagram, but um, I'll just I'll explain it to you. So history, according to my research and correct me if I'm wrong, makes a huge leap. Actually, it's not even a huge leap. Let's just call it what it is. It's a transition. It's a transition from monarchism to socialism, okay? Monarchy, monarchism to socialism. One of the greatest monarchs to ever live, obviously we know, comes out of Russia, Tsar Nicholas and, um, and his family. I'm trying to remember the name. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the family. Y'all know the name of the family. Drop the name of the family. Romanov family, there you go. The Romanov family, right? And then they make a swift transition because of Bolshevism to something called democratic socialism. And that came with the interim government um, before Lenin, Stalin and the rest take over. Okay. And then the story goes on. Same thing happens in China. China is operating under feudalism. Okay. Monarchism, feudalism. And then Mao uh, 
under the um uh basically financed and controlled by Russia, getting orders from Moscow, introduces communism to China. China's a communist nation. And you start to see all these monarchs fall and get replaced. Same thing happens in Germany. In Germany, you had um, the Kaiser. The Kaiser falls and is immediate, immediately replaced by democratic socialism or democracy. Okay? There, nothing in there ever says capitalism. Okay? There, there, there is no capitalism in, in, in this story. Okay? Am I, am I right so far? Chat. Am I right so far? Thumbs up if I'm correct so far based upon your own studies and your own research. Am I correct so far? Okay. Now, let's go back to the angry woman and the people who don't understand me. And I don't expect people to understand me. That's why I said hot take because I'm like, this is, it's a refresher for a hotep. It's new to many. So I asked a question, Socratic method, should one pay attention to words or actions? And then she responds and she says, the left trying to abolish parental rights because they believe it's private property in action. The left trying to eliminate the gender binary because they believe it was created by capitalism as an action. Now, remember when she talks about left, she's talking about the grifter class. She's talking about the grifter class. She's not talking about what the oligarchs want. She's down here. So she's arguing with grifters. I don't argue with grifters. I, I, I challenge the concepts and ideas by the oligarch class as perpetuated through the hierarchy. Okay. The left pushing anti-racist education into school because it's anti-capitalist and they want to create a socialist world for action. Now, this push is not happening by the grifter class. It's happening by the oligarch class. If you want to keep going, we have more than enough examples. Test us. No problem. And, um, ah, uh, no. I hate, I don't like, I don't like this. Okay, you gotta hit, is it this button you hit? What is this? I don't like this UX. Anyway, so I responded to her, I said, This makes sense if you believe the myth of capitalism, which is a term that was popularized by socialists, mainly Marx. And this guy responds and he says, this is a fascinating take, actually. May I ask what you mean by myth? Are you insinuating that prior to the Communist Manifesto, economic freedom didn't have nomenclature? Only post-Marx was anything dealing in currency capital referred to as capitalism? I'm very interested. Now, I just told you Based upon history, there is no moment of capitalism in history. The closest you'll get to capitalism, and this goes back to uh, Milton Friedman's work. What's the name of Milton Friedman's um, documentary? And this is for people who uh, have not watched it. Um, Milton Friedman, Free to Choose. He has a documentary called Free to Choose. I suggest you all watch it. Milton Friedman, Free to Choose. And in there, Milton Friedman talks about one of the last bastions of free market, laissez-faire capitalism 
resides in a place called Hong Kong. Okay. And in Hong Kong, the example he gives is of the dentist in America. If you wanted to be a dentist, you'd have to be licensed. You must be state approved in order to practice dentistry. So he says in Hong Kong at the time of the release of this documentary, which is the 80s, you don't need those regulations in Hong Kong. And what he found was that people actually got great health care from street dentists. Street dentists were outperforming many other people and giving it to them at a better price, which created affordable health care. Because you didn't need a license. Now, some people say, well, how can you trust somebody without a license? Well, can you trust every doctor with a license? Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. The answer is unequivocally no. So what do you trust? For example, women go and they get operations on a booty and a butt. Okay, you can say I'm going to go to a licensed doctor. But what do women look for in a doctor amongst the ones that are licensed? They're going to look for previous work, reviews. Oh, my girlfriend told me this is the guy to go to. I love my girl's boobs. They look great. I want mine to look like hers. I'm going to this doctor. She didn't have any complications. So basically, they're going based upon your reputation. This is what's happening or happened in Hong Kong, where you chose a dentist and word of mouth and reputation preceded itself. So you didn't need a, to wonder if the guy was licensed or not. You know, because your friend got white teeth. He went and everything's good. Now, this is the very basics of laissez-faire free market capitalism 2020 says a license is permission to do what is otherwise illegal okay um hj you're talking about han cultural construct who you talk hk totally different kind of social trust cool great now let's continue let's go back so i said um if my memory cert to to because he asked me, you know, uh, you know about the the origin of the term capitalism, and I said, if my memory serves me correctly, root word capitale in Latin means land slash resources. Prior to Marx, I have not been able to pinpoint anyone using the term capitalism. I believe it is a communist creation. Now again, I'm very specific in my rhetoric. And I did not say that the term never existed before Marx. All I'm saying is, ain't nobody showed me. I ain't seen it. Let's continue. And that's uh, the term, um, the book, uh, Das Kapital. Um, so he asks, he says again, he says, I understand your point and it makes a lot of sense. Communism as a term seems to have only surfaced when land slash resources could be used to trap the working class in pseudo involuntary labor by manipulating labor markets, keeping the working class in their place socioeconomically. Um, actually, that's not the tweet I wanted. Hold on. Let me find the tweet I wanted because he he sums this up so well. Here we go right here. So right here, he says, um, Oh, it's coming next. It's coming next. Okay. Um, 
it's just misconstrued in the in the string. So where did I what did I do with it? I just had it. Oh, here it is. Okay. So he says, I wonder if Hotep Jesus is claiming that the left is actually attacking the very system they keep asking for because we are more socialist than capitalist. The left just keeps selling them on the idea they are suffering under capitalism when it's really socialism. Oh, this a real ho, this a real ho, this a real ho, this a real hotel brother. And I said, you get it. You get it. Now let's go back. So she responds and says, here they are saying borders serve capitalism. Again, who is she pointing to? The grifter class. The grifter class. This is who she's referring to. You're always going to default to the grifter class. And this is a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Never argue with the puppet. Never try to make sense of the puppet. Make sense of who controls said puppet. Let's play the tape. Menezes, who is the first person featured in that interview, is an incredible organizer. And she brought out incredible points that if we're challenging capitalism and colonialism as the roots of the climate crisis, then we inherently have to challenge borders because colonial borders are constructed to dehumanize people. And, you know, we're seeing what's happening right now with the migrant crisis, especially in the States. Goods can continue moving freely across borders, but people can't. People who are in dire situations, who are really refugees, they're not able to move across borders. And it's just such an ultimate dehumanization. So one thing you always have to look for is when people talk, they substantiate their claims. So this is just rhetoric. Borders, because colonial borders are constructed to dehumanize people. And now, she says colonial borders are constructed to dehumanize people. Then she doesn't back it up with anything. She makes a bunch of different claims. None of it um, are backed up. Anyway, so he responds. He says they are gravely misrepresenting capitalism then on purpose. Capitalism does not require such strict enforcement of available laborers from other regions. But they need you to think that it does. Before you know it, the border wall becomes the workers physical cage. Well said. He said, if you don't understand, somebody responds and says, if you don't understand their language, then how do you expect to beat them? Example, when they say whiteness, what does that mean to them? Now, this is where we fall. We, we, we go down the 1984 rabbit hole where you're trying to understand a language of a people who are changing the language. Just like they change genders, they're changing the language. Imagine trying to understand that there's more than two genders. It's simply not possible. So when you try to understand, try to understand the grifter class of communism, you're trying to do the impossible. OK, so then she makes an attack on me here. She says they don't care about beating them. They want to lose. They'll tell you we already live in socialism while running a private business that will not exist under actual socialism. They don't listen because it's all for Internet clout and nothing more. So she says I'm doing this for Internet clout and nothing more. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that attack. Again, I deal in ideas. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you once again, 
in order to form a corporation in the United States of America, whose permission do you need? I wish all the black people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all the white people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all the Hispanics were as smart as Hotep Jesus. Because that guy, he, he really gets it. He knows how to boil it down. Whose permission, Interstellar Gaiman says, the state. The state. So she says here, they'll tell you we already live under socialism while running a private business. If I run said private business and I do not disclose my income to the government, can we consider that private? <laughs> um, I might have to open up my book here. I'm going to have to open up my book here. The Patriot Report, Unmasked Conspiracy and Money War. I love when I have to do this. Um, let's go to right here. Um, no, that's, 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 uh, hold on. Let me, let me put up on the screen so you guys can, oh, it's right there. Beautiful. I love that it's automatically programmed to bring up my book. Um, not the bank war. I'm going to show you something here. Hold on. Not the civil war. We're past that already. Um, not the crime of 1873, not the Federal Reserve. Um, here we go. So what we have in the United States is something called the Bank Secrecy Act of 1970, which is um, uh, basically a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, the case law here is United States versus Miller, uh, 425 U.S. 435, 1976. Um, that's the case law surrounding this. I'm not going to go into detail. I have a whole presentation on this on my channel. It's called the Patriot Report, whole presentation, a whole bunch of strings. So the Bank Secrecy Act of 1970 basically obliterates the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment protects your privacy. Okay, go get my book, Conspiracy, uh, Patriot Report, Conspiracy of Money and War at hotepjesus.com. Hotep, you're a genius, hotepjesus.com. Let's go back. Let's go back. I'm going to close that. We don't need that no more. Let's come back. Now, so she says they'll tell you we live under, we already live under socialism while running a private business. And the trick is to convince you that we are running a private business when you are doing anything but. <laughs> anything but. And then, they, and then um, the Bank Secrecy Act of 1970, I believe, is controlled by FinCEN. Okay. F-I-N-C-E-N. Okay. So, again, I'm no ad homs. Notice, also notice I'm not responding to her. I'm like, oh, this is just great content for my show today. Again, I don't argue with women I'm not having sex with. I have to have sex with you in order to argue with you. And even then, I'm probably not going to argue with you. Let's continue. So he says, I'm a little confused by this. By they, do you mean people who refer to themselves as capitalists? Then he asked the question, do you believe we are more capitalist or more socialist? She says, I mean you. You want to lose. 
You prove that by not listening or engaging with reality in any way. But notice she failed to answer his question. Do you believe we are more capitalist or more socialist? Okay, let's continue. And he says, I definitely don't want to lose. I see where Hotep Jesus is coming from in his take, as he seems to be speaking on deceptive marketing and purposeful misrepresentations from the left. The left is 100% attacking the idea of economic freedom by telling us capitalism is the issue. She says, you still don't get it. You will lose. Enjoy the downfall. We're not wasting any more time here. This is just unfair discourse. It's just not honest discourse. He says, maybe I am missing something, but both you and Hotep are among my favorite influencers here. I think we're all having a miscommunication. Uh, Nick hops in and says, not a miscommunication. Hotep is willfully misleading people, even when confronted by facts that disprove what he is saying. He doesn't care about winning. Ask, what does he actually care about? Money? Fame? Now, let's just answer the question. Does Hotep Jesus care about money? The answer is unequivocally, yes. Does Hotep Jesus care about fame? The answer is unequivocally, yes. Is that the only thing I care about? No. Let's continue. He says communism is a revolt uh, 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 against the idea of capital and private property. It is also a harsh reality that when such a revolt occurs, the succeeding revolutionaries are definitely not going to let that capital disappear. Oh, this is a real hotel, brother. <laughs> you think after they take over, they just... No, they turn into champagne socialists. They start riding around in big cars and helicopters. <laughs> Stalin ate good. Marx ate good. You know, Marx didn't even take care of his kids. He was living off, um, who was it? Hayek? His homeboy that was financing his life. Anyway, they would just centralize it further than it already is. Correct. And then Nick says, um, and do the socialist communist define capital? And, and what do socialists and uh, communists define capitalism as? He says, I don't have the definition at the tip of my tongue. Uh, Carolyn does. She experienced them. What do, what I do know is that socialists uh, try to sell everyone an idea that economic freedom is the enemy and we must place our faith in the state to keep capitalists under control. She says that's not what they say at all. And you would know that if you actually listened. So this is why I did not respond to her, because from my first statement, I understood. Um. I said Hayek, my bad. What, who, who, who is his homeboy? I feel like it starts with an H. Not Hayek. What am I talking about? Um, it was Marx and um, ah, one of y'all to put it in the chat. Um, so now let's go back. I this is why I couldn't argue with her. Could not argue with her, and I detected that right away. And, and they're still going. Oh my God, they're still going. They're still going. Oh my God. Jesus Christmas. Um, let me see if um, there's anything else in here. Um, uh, FYI, this is a good thread about how much of a garbage human Carolyn is. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's 
that's uh that's pretty scathing um anyway um and i don't want to deal with that i want to deal in ideas i don't want to assassinate her character i do not want to do that um somebody said if you want to see that fraud carolyn get destroyed by hotep jesus here you go <laughs> stack said i get all my news from hotep jesus save me what up stacks um capitalist influencers you have seriously got to do better than this members within your own communities might not see everything 100 the way you do sometimes it's 90 percent. you can treat casual followers as if they're uh as if they require cult-like attention to your content and um this is actually what i was looking for here i was looking for the tweet and it's funny that he screenshotted it because i was this is what i was about to look for and when I read this, this is what really confirmed that I should not engage with this woman. And she asked him a question and he responds. He says, question of my life. Part of the reason why I follow you is because of your intimate understanding of the left. You were there. So, again, she came from the left. And what did I tell you? A lot of these people on the right are really leftists. OK, Hotep Jesus was never a leftist. Hotep, you're a genius. <laughs> so he's been a radical right winger <laughs> from birth. <laughs> Believe me, I'm scouring the English language for ways to defeat them. They manage. So she says, you're not scouring anything. Stop lying. You seriously think I can't tell when people follow my work and when they don't watch the two hour class in my pin tweet and get back to me. If you really follow my work. Now, you guys know I would never respond to my followers like this on Twitter I carry a very mature um, demeanor because I love to have honest discourse. And when people have honest discourse with me, they'll get that back. When they're um, respectful, I'm respectful back. When they're disrespectful, I don't respond with disrespect. I respond with a hide reply and a block. You get hidden and you get blocked and you no longer have access to the gems that Hotep Nation has to offer. You are extradited from Hotepistan. He says, watch my two hour lecture and stop asking questions or get blocked, bro. He says, sounds like there are parts of leftism yet to depart from her poor soul. Bingo. And this is what happens when you this is why I call the woke right. When a leftist comes to the right, but they still don't got that leftist stench off of them yet. Nobody said Hegel. Thank you. I said Hayek. Um. It was Hegel. Hegel was the name I was looking for. I knew it started with an H. Angles, um, not angles. It was Hegel. It was Hegel I was talking about. Angles is in the mix too. Okay. Um, now let's proceed. Um, yeah, still the same, right, Justine? Okay. So let's go back. Um, did we exhaust all of this? Okay. Now, um. I just want to check the bag to make sure I covered everything before we go to the next segment. Hold on. Covered that. Covered that. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to tackle this argument. Now this is I now this is fair discourse, although I disagree. I love this comment. So he says, LOL, the private sector, um, and, 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 and that's another thing, like when people respond with like, LOL and all of that and 
I, I don't do that. I, I try to be a, an adult, but, uh, but whatever. LOL, the private sector was first to adopt DEI, not the public sector. So again, this this individual has no concept of the control pyramid. Wait, the control pyramid. He has no concept of the control pyramid. So he's talking about corporations have adopted DEI. Corporations have adopted DEI because the oligarch class is pushing an agenda. Now let's go back to his let's go back to his arguments. Watch this. <clears throat> so he says, turns out having a good DEI index score is good for business. I want to stop right there. Ladies and gentlemen, is DEI good for the bottom line? Yes or no? <laughs> Oh, man. Hmm? <laughs> what happened to Bud Light? Bud Light lost a lot of money behind DEI. Bud Light is now working with the right. Dana White. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. So his rhetoric here that DEI index score is good for business is a falsity. It's good for the agenda, but it's not good for business. Okay. Um, he says it's all about rebranding their highly unethical businesses as though they aren't doing anything wrong. Now that I agree with that, that does play a part in a DEI conversation. Now let's go back. I, I want to see if there's any more remnants. Uh, before I go to the next section, and then we'll open up phone lines. Text hold up your name to 202 596 5631. Text hold up your name to 202 596 5631. And uh, let's go right here. So, don't like that new UX. I do not like that. So, here we have um, Oron McIntyre. And he says, and here, Partisan O correctly identifies the birth of the total state. America's communists are more accurately managerial. Revolution came under the guise of the New Deal. And it says here, I'm going to try and read it. Text kind of small. It says, to further emphasize the point, Chambers recalls that the New Deal revolution was so profound and complete that concealed communists working in government agencies were able to operate wholly undetected, not necessarily on account of broader conspiracy within the Roosevelt administration, but because, like communist subversives, progressive New Dealers were themselves revolutionists striving for revolutionary power. They could not distinguish between their common ends. The birth of the New Deal regime and an establishment of the administrative state was not sudden and conclusive, but gradual and meandering. Uh, there is no decisive battle or foundation foundational text to mark the revolution rather as chambers notes it was a revolution in bookkeeping and lawmaking a slow spending of a slow upending of the american constitutional order by bean counters bookworms and bureaucrat bureaucrats the New Deal was the triumph of progressive intellectuals over the old-fashioned constitutionalism of prior generations, parochial men 
who did not understand science. Well stated. Now, let's go to my next uh, piece of text, uh, which somebody um, alerted me to. I had not known this existed. I, I, I thought I was one of the few that had this had this um, had this premise. But here we have a book by Ayn Rand, which I'm going to read ASAP. And this is um, called Capitalism, the Unknown Ideal, written in 1966, 1967. What does it say here? Um, it says, readers of Atlas Shrugged, says capitalism, Rand argues, is not today's system. If she said that in 1966, what do you think we're dealing with now? She says, with its mixture of freedom and government controls, but a social system in which the government is exclusively, um, well, she's trying to um, define uh, capitalism here, right? And she says what it is, is it's a mixture of freedom and government controls, but a social system in which the government is exclusively devoted to protection, protecting uh, the individual um, uh, to the protection of individual rights, including property rights, one in which there exists absolutely no government intervention in the economy, no government intervention in the economy. Now, I ask again. I ask again, does our economy have government intervention? Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Yes or no in the chat. Let's have some group participation here. Okay. Let's go back. This book is not a treatise, uh, treatise on uh, the economics of capitalism, but a collection of essays on the philosophy of capitalism, the basic truths and principles that make capitalism the only moral and practical social system, the only system consistent with man's nature and the requirements of his life, the only one that enables each individual to reach his full and glorious potential. Laissez-faire capitalism, according to Ayn Rand, is not just an ideal, but an unknown ideal. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. An unknown ideal. Coming back to what I said before, we don't know what socialism looks like because we ain't never seen it. We ain't never seen it. S-E-E-N-T. Seen. <laughs> that is uh, incorrect grammar for saw or seen. We ain't never seen it. Steph Colonel says we can't even send $600 without the government wanting to get in. Okay. Few grasp its meaning, history, economics, or moral justification. In capitalism, Rand sets out to remedy that. Rand argues that capitalism is, like I said, protection of um, individual rights, property rights, and um, in which all property is privately owned. We covered earlier how we do not have the ownership of private property here in America. In practice, this means that a capitalist society is one in which the government performs a single function, protects the individual rights by banning force from human relationships, physical, by banning physical force from human relationships. 
Pure capitalism, she concludes, has never existed. I wish all the black people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all the white people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all the Hispanics were as smart as Hotep Jesus. Because that guy, he, he really gets it. He knows how to boil it down. And this is the argument I use to destroy the woke left and the woke right. Because they don't know shit. They are wholly uneducated on economics. They talk about Thomas Sowell, never read Thomas Sowell. They talk about politics, never read the libertarian work. I read all the works, right, left, up, down, center, libertarian. I want to I know it all. I've read about 75% of um, the Communist Manifesto. Pretty much a garbage document. Uh, it's a garbage document, uh, but I think his analysis of the problems are spot on, even though he didn't write it. Anyway, pure capitalism. Um she concludes, has never existed. But in the countries that approached it with America in the second half of the 19th century leading the way, the individual was able to flourish. This is because capitalism is the only system that fully recognizes that man is the rational being who has the right to exist for his own sake, free from coercion by others. Again, the premise of my argument is that pure capitalism has never existed. Touchdown. Touchdown. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Now, before we open up phone lines, let's uh I want to check my mentions and I bet you she's still going. Or she might not still be going. Let's go to her timeline. She's probably cussing me out. I'm sure she hasn't blocked me yet. <laughs> You know, I, I she looks way too young to argue with me too. Not only is she too not only is she a woman, but she's also too young to argue with me. Uh oh yeah, she's still going. Yeah, she's still going. Poor girl. Um so John Galt says, Have you ever read the book Capitalism, the Unknown Ideal? It's an amazing read. I highly recommend it. I had no idea this book existed. Shame on me. I said, adding this to my re uh, reading list, this backs up the claim I am making. Thank you. How does she respond to Ayn Rand? Let's see. I have not read this. Let's see what she says. She says, I think it's really brave of you to admit that you only look at evidence that says what you want so that you live in a perpetual state of confirmation bias. Perhaps someday you should look at evidence that contradicts you if you want to hinge into reality. And I'm like... Now I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, I could have copied and pasted that and been the reply to you. <laughs> like, did you did you read Ayn Rand's work where she says capitalism has never existed? So how does he respond? He says, I read all points of view. I have read Marx and I'm with Lindsay. Marx was not an economist. He was a theologian. That's correct. Marxism is a cult religion that needs capitalism out of the way. Why? It puts a lie uh, to the economic aspects of his religious philosophy because it works. She says, I'm not impressed by people who read philosophy but refuse to listen to what the left says in the real world. That includes Lindsay. He says, uh, I do both. I'm a teacher and I have plenty of encounters with highly educated individuals pleading their views. I read philosophy so I can understand their positions and ask cogent questions. Um, having access to both is 
objectively key. She says, I strongly doubt you do both and you don't understand the current positions in the real world by reading philosophy written a century ago. She don't just, what is wrong with her? <laughs> what is going on with her? <laughs> Cognitive dissonance. I think that's the term, right? Debate brain. She got debate brain. Sad to see, man. Sad to see. And so, again, I didn't know about this Ayn Rand book. I didn't know anybody else has stated that um, capitalism has never been, has never existed before. I had no idea somebody else had that same premise. I just sort of did studies on, I was reading all the Mises and it was basically while I was writing the Patriot Report. You can go get my book at um, hotepjesus.com. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. And as I'm reading, as I'm doing the research for my book, I'm like, yo, has there ever been capitalism? <laughs> like, this is the question that's in my head. I'm like, yo, like, because I'm doing all the research and I'm like, we jump straight from the monarchy to democratic socialism. We, we never had capitalism before. I, I can't find it in the history books. It does, there's no time period in the history books, at least not, um, you know, post-European co uh, colonialism, that I can find any examples of that. So far as I know, whiteness is a, is a representation of capitalism itself and hence to them inherently oppressive, which is absolutely insane, obviously. Race is just another category for the left to separate people into the haves and the have-nots. That's true. That's true. That is true. I like that guy. In fact, I'm gonna follow him. He just seems like he just seems like a good guy. Let's follow him. He's got 70 followers, but the the way his brain works, his his maturity, maturity, um, is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. What? Poetry painter, hi, Hotep. Let me first say, first of all, let me say, first of all, that anyone saying that you are wrong and that they and only they have the right and only answer to this is likely someone who started studying this within the past few years and has not looked at this for decades and watched it develop. Uh-oh. Anyone insisting that you only listen to them is trying to engage in thought terminating mind control. With that said, I think you are right and I've been looking at this for decades, not years. Socialists as com slash communists have many avenues for attacking capitalism. They also have many ways to obscure their ends and obfuscate what they're doing. I'm not going to speak in academic terms because I'm not an academic on this subject. When you go to socialist spaces, you'll also, you'll often see them not answer questions and not engage in debate, preferring instead to read, to say, read the theory. And that's pretty much what she's done so far. Um, Carolyn, I'm talking about. I think it's all theory because they know that it does not work in practice. They don't even agree with each other. They do not have a finite, settled way to progress to some Marxist paradise. Their end goal even differs depending which of them you study. Some believe socialism is when people own the means of production and each receives according to his needs. Um, some believe in the abolition of all private property meaning you won't even own your home or belongings or land and that your children belong to the state. You can see how devious and manipulative 
socialists are. For instance, when you look at the Obamacare debate, some people rightfully pointed out that the government controlling health care is socialist. At this point, Marx has said, are your library socialism? Are your school socialism? Are your public roads socialism? It's not socialism. Now, however, and I think I could agree with that. I don't know if libraries would be considered socialism, right? Because that's the government providing a a service as opposed to um, interrupting the economy. Um, let's continue. I don't want to go down another rabbit hole. Now, however, when we talk about adding some new government welfare program and we say that it equates to socialism, the same people suddenly say socialism is not bad. You already have socialism. Your schools are socialism and your libraries are socialism. We have a mixed system in the USA. We depend on capitalism for wealth, but we have uh, an ever expanding social safety net. And let's face it, we're broke. This is where the Cloward and Piven comes in. There are revolutionary socialists who are willing to fight right now to overthrow the system. And there are incrementalists. They believe that you introduce more and more social programs bit by bit to take control of the education. You work within the system to bring it down. I believe that we are seeing uh, right now is the Cloward uh, uh, Piven, an attempt to uh, overwhelm the system and create a crisis that requires strong government to step in and save the people. Thanks for reading. I like that. I like that. Now, let's bring this to a conclusion and get ready to open up phone lines. Text hold tap your name at 202-596-5631. Text hold tap your name at 202-596-5631. That's a good good tweet, but I want to stay right here with my closing arguments so people can understand in finality what we are dealing with here as Americans. And I said capitalism has long since been destroyed, right? And I think the final nail in that coffin was 1913. Everybody knows what happened in 1913. And he says, he, I said, <laughs> we are in a communist consolidation phase of the agenda. So capitalism has been destroyed, right? Or never even conceived, according to Ayn Rand, right? And, well, let me iterate that point. Let me support that point. Like we don't want to make rhetoric and not support it. So the reason why we don't have communism, I mean, why we don't have capitalism in this country is because of this meme this guy posted right here. And this meme points to um, the Communist Manifesto. Uh, and I've shown this a million times. Number five, centralization of credit within the hands of the state. Now, when we look at the Communist Manifesto, uh, or the 10 planks of communism, all of these have been implemented in the United States of America. All of them. All, all, all. At least to some degree. Abolition of private property, heavy progressive income tax, abolition of all rights of inheritance, confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels. Um, I, I, this actually isn't the correct verbiage. That's not what the Communist Manifesto says. They're like summarizing it. Central bank. This really says centralization of credit within the hands of a state. Um, control of communications and transportation. Um, agriculture. Uh, labor. Farming. Education. So all 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto have been implemented. Right. Brings us right back. So what we are in right now is a communist consolidation phase. So where 
people say DEI, the question of this dream is, is capitalism the enemy of DEI? Well, first, we have already proven that capitalism does not exist in America, or by Ayn Rand, has never existed. Okay? So that's number one. So when you say DEI is attacking capitalism, what you've done is you fall into you've fallen into the trap. You've fallen into the trap. When you say DEI is attacking capitalism, it maintains that there is a capitalist system. And that's the trick of the left to make you defend the notion that capitalism exists and for them to attack the boogeyman that does not exist of capitalism. That's the trick so that you can continue fighting on this theoretical battlefield, this battlefield that does not exist, this battlefield of a ghost term, capitalism, which is popularized by Marx. So when you say DEI is attacking capitalism, you're basically a communist. You're just on the other side of the communist argument. You're, you're basically ignorant of the facts. You think we live in a, in a capitalist nation, and we do not. Another point that I can make, hammering home on uh, consolidation of credit within the hands of the state, at a very simple level, by the Federal Reserve controlling the interest rates, they control the entire markets and the economy and everything that falls underneath it. Everything. So even if you own that piece of land, let's say you own that piece of land, title deed or whatever, right? And, and the government could never take it from you. And we remove taxes. The fact that the Federal Reserve controls the value of money means you don't really own the value of your land. It's not moving in a free market. It's being controlled and manipulated. So though you may own the land, you don't own or control the value of the land and the market doesn't either. The oligarchs do, the Federal Reserve manipulators do. So in a very philosophical way, they own the land. They did this trick in the 2008 housing crisis where they had everybody come in and refi. They told everybody the value of the house would go up, raise interest rates, economy crashes after they make all those mixed bonds, D bonds mixed with A bonds and B bonds and triple A bonds with triple F bombs. <laughs> the housing crisis comes around. You refied at the time of refi, your house is worth 100,000. You took out a 100% refi. Now the house is worth 80,000. You owe more than the house is worth. Now the, now the bank comes in and repossesses your house because you can't afford to make the payments on your house. Even if you sold it, you still wouldn't be able to repay that debt. So with the establishment of the Federal Reserve and their ability to control interest rates, they own your ass. Okay. Let's come back. Now, the consolidation phase, a term I created, being the greatest philosophical mind of our time. Hotep, you're a genius. <laughs> Hotepjesus.com. I love saying that just because it probably pisses people off. 
Um, you know, it's like when Kanye says, you know, all those things about how great he is. And people go, I can't believe he said that. I'm like, if you don't think highly of yourself, who is? Anyway, um, we're in a communist consolidation phase, a term I created. And what do I mean by that? Well, since there is capitalism has been destroyed, even if it has existed, right? 1913, income tax introduced, um, uh, a Federal Reserve Bank introduced. This is the, the last uh, breath of air leaves capitalism. Communism has now taken over. So everything thereafter is communism in this timeline. After 1913, everything is communism in this timeline. So when we look at DEI and people say it's attacking capitalism, no, it's consolidating communist control. You got to be specific in your terminology. This is how you destroy people. This is called intellect. This is called scholarship and not scholarship. Shout out to Shaka Akmos. It's a scholarship and not scholarship. This is the consolidation phase of communism. So when you have an airline um, or let's fix it. Let's fix it. Hold on. Need the visual aid. The oligarchs understand they were, we're in the communist consolidation phase and they pass that down the ranks. Somewhere in here is uh, corporations. Corporations could probably be in the donor class, you know, donor slash corporate corporations, right? Um, or maybe even with the media. But when the marching orders come down, um, for example, you see a lot of CEOs have quit the uh, airline industry, CEOs, all types of people just stepping down. The the first, um, well, I wouldn't say first, but one of the um, stages of this consolidation was the pandemic, which caused, and Sister Otis brought this up, shout out to Sister Otis, always give credit where credit's due. A lot of people were either laid off, fired, or quit because they didn't want to take the um, inoculation. They didn't want the jab. And these people were seasoned people in these jobs. So when you look at the um, airplanes falling apart and doors flying off, this isn't a DEI thing. This is uh, the effects of the pandemic. Let's fast forward and, and, and get to my point. Which I should probably bring up another visual aid. Hold on a second. I love the visual aid stuff. Um, okay, cool. Let's bring this up. So this is the real, um, 10 planks of communism. And we want to go right here. So centralization of the means of communication and transportation, right? So transportation, they go on and talk about Amtrak and Conrail. What book did I read that really went into detail about the failure of I'm not going to remember. I fucking read too much. Um, okay, so we have the Department of Transportation, Interstate Commerce, et cetera, et cetera, right? Point being, flight obviously falls under the umbrella of transportation. So what I'm 
theorizing is that they want to destroy the airlines so that it becomes state controlled. This is the consolidation phase of communism. Bring the airlines under state control. Then we really get to control who boards these planes. You say something wrong. We cutting off your money through the CBDC, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why capitalism is not the enemy of DEI. So who is the enemy of DEI? Do you know who? The Hoteps are. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines. Text Hotep in your name at 202-596-5631. Text Hotep in your name at 202-596-5631. And I'll be right back after this short, brief commercial break. <laughs> 